Woe to those who enact evil statutes and to those who constantly record unjust decisions so as to deprive the needy of justice and rob the poor of my people of their rights so that widows may be their spoil and that they may plunder the orphans. Isaiah 10 verses 1 and 2. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Legion of Michael podcast. Thank you very much for joining me once more for another brand new episode. I hope that you're doing well. Uh, and I hope that you have taken advantage of the legionofmichael.com. It's just not the, it's legionofmichael.com. If you go there, you can uh, you can find out all about the church security program and the books and all the other stuff that we have to offer. So check it out. And I believe... I believe enrollment for the Legion of Michael is open right now as I speak those words. Now, if I'm incorrect, I apologize, but I believe enrollment is open for the new session of the church security program. Legion of Michael defending the faith. There you go. So the first verse that I came to uh, from, excuse me, the first verse that we talked about here. Uh, Woe to those who enact evil statutes and to those who constantly record unjust decisions. And then in verse 2, it says, So as to deprive the needy of justice and rob my people of their rights. That is, Those are the words of Isaiah the prophet from God the Father. Woe to those who enact evil statutes. And rob the poor of my people of their rights. They rob the people of their rights. Wow! We, we don't see that today in our world, do we? we? We don't see supposed leaders in our world today enacting evil statutes and robbing the poor of my people of their rights. Nah, we wouldn't see that. No. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Matthew 6.24 Today we're talking about Christians and the law. And there seems to be some confusion 
about that, at least from the other side, that if you're a Christian, that means that, uh, well, that you're trying to get around the law or what have you. And then Christians might say, well, I have to obey. Uh, I have to obey those appointed above me because, you know, I read the I read the words of Paul and, and I'm supposed to obey those who are set above me. And yeah, that is true. Because, and because if you read the words of the apostles, they call upon and they call out and they demand that the leaders of men be representatives of God. You see, man's leaders are supposed to set the example. They are supposed to set the examples. They are supposed to be God's representatives here on earth not set themselves directly against God our Father. Now, a lot of you guys read these new and revised Bibles where they they basically dumb it down. They dumb down the uh, the Word of God, which I really just kind of despise. I despise this modern dumbing down of the Bible because you lose meaning. For instance, in this verse, Matthew 6.24, it says, in the modern dumbed-down version, it says, you cannot serve God in money. But does that mean money is evil? And if you have money, you're evil? And if you if you go to work and make money, you're evil? And if you make more money than someone else, then that's a bad thing? Is that what, is that what Christ is saying? No. He used the word mammon, not money, because that has a specific definition. Mammon, the definition of that, is wealth regarded as an evil influence or a false object of worship and devotion. You see, that's what happens when you allow people to dumb down the Word of God, to dumb down the Bible. That's why if you're going to use the New American Standard Version, I would say to use the 1977 or earlier version because the modern version, and I've got a little bit on a pedestal or a soapbox here, but they changed the word man to people. I don't need that crap. I know what God meant. Don't change the word of God because it doesn't fit your current worldview. And don't dumb it down. Christians aren't supposed to be morons or imbeciles, or stupid. They're supposed to be able to read and understand. And when you dumb down the word of God, you take away much of the meaning. But I digress. So Christians and the law. Christians and the law. People say, well, you know, recently, oh, excuse me, recently we, there have been stories in the news about a pastor in Canada who was charged with, quote, inciting his church. Inciting his church? Yes, inciting the people of his church to show up and worship God in their building against the the uh, slave masters, the socialists in Canada. And he could go to prison for four years. And he's been touring the United States, and he was has been warning... American Christians who will listen that if they don't stand up for their faith, this is what's going to happen to them. One of the quotes that I saw as the police, as the Stasi, 
as the Gestapo, the Canadian Gestapo, arrested this pastor for daring to hold a church service. They said, they used the quote, render unto Caesar. Meaning what? Unbelievers love to throw the the verse, render unto Caesar, at Christians. They like to throw that at us as if that means that the state takes precedence over God's word and will. Well, even your even your guy, Jesus, he said, render unto Caesar. So what do you think that means? You think that means that Caesar, that the government, that the state has precedence or supersedes the word of God or the will of God? You know who else could quote the Bible? Satan. Satan quoted Psalm 91, to Christ during his temptation. Just because you can throw a Bible quote at me doesn't mean you won the argument. Even Satan quoted the Bible. So what is the role of the Christian in a constitutional republic? What is our role in the United States of America in a constitutional republic? You see, that's part of the problem with Canada is they're not a constitutional republic. They're a bunch of socialists. Sorry, but it's true. The same goes for the United Kingdom. The same goes for Germany. The same goes for France. The same goes for most all of Europe. Poland and the Czech Republic are the only ones that are actually standing up for their people. We need to understand as Christians that our nation, the United States of America, was founded to uphold individual liberty or, as we know it, free will as is God's plan for his children. We've talked about that during a previous episode. It is God's plan for you, his children, to have free will. And free will is liberty. Liberty is having the ability and the freedom to make choices. Sometimes you make good choices, sometimes you make bad choices, but that's what liberty is. We also must understand civics. It is our duty as Christians to understand American civics and how the three branches of government work in order to understand liberty for the people and restrictions for the state. You see, the way this country was set up, if you, most of you who are my age understand this because you got an education. But unfortunately, it seems that we're not teaching this and we haven't been teaching it for a long time or maybe they just gloss over it and the kids just graduate without really knowing or understanding the three branches of government and how the three branches of government work and how laws are created and who gets to enforce laws, etc. You see, in the United States of America, every citizen of the United States of America should understand and know that there are three separate branches of government, both at the federal level and at the state level you have the executive branch which is in charge of enforcing laws not creating laws you see and that is law enforcement so that means your governor is the chief law enforcement officer of your state the president is the chief law enforcement officer of the nation ohio ready for some quick mental health facts let's go Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Mayors for the cities and so forth. They enforce the law, but they do not create the law, and they do not get a say into what goes into the law. Now, when it comes to governors and presidents, their only say is they can sign the law and and sign the bill and make it a law, or they can veto it, and then it goes back to the Congress, and the Congress can override the veto if they have enough votes, and if they don't have enough votes, then they can't. But the executive branch cannot make law. You guys understand that, right? You should understand it. But it seems like this is this is lost on many inhabitants of the United States. Now, the legislative branch, that's where you go to make the laws. Congress, the Senate, two separate houses, both within the states and, of course, within the nation's capital. Two separate bodies working independently. And they have, and they're voted for at different times. They have different, you know, the congressmen have two-year seats, senators have six-year seats. We're not going to get into the fact that senators are supposed to be nominated by representatives of the individual states. Not a popular vote. We don't have time for that today. But the legislative branch creates law, right? Doesn't enforce the law. It creates it. And then you have the the judicial branch, judges, right? So how does it work in the United States? A, a citizen is accused by the executive branch, which is law enforcement, of violating a law which was created by whom? By the legislative branch. Then they go before the judicial branch and a jury of their peers if it's a felony. And they decide whether or not the actions of the individual indeed violated the law as written and codified. And also, in addition to that, we have Supreme Courts. Now, the Supreme Courts are supposed to examine the laws and decide whether or not the law follows the Constitution, whether it is the state Constitution, because every state all 50 of them have individual constitutions. Most people don't realize that, or most, I guess, millennials and Gen Zs, they think there's only one constitution, and it's in Washington, D.C., in a museum, but that's not true. Every state has its own constitution. Now, most of them are based very loosely or closely upon the original one, and most of those are based on the Virginia Bill of Rights, which came before the constitution. What? Yes, remember that the Virginia Bill of or Bill of Rights uh, Declaration of Rights came before the Constitution. You say, okay, Paul, that's great and that's wonderful and everything, but what does that have to do with anything? Any employee of the state, you see, you need to understand that in the United States of America, we still are whether people choose to ignore it or not, whether our leaders in Washington or our state's capitals choose to ignore it. Whether the citizens choose to ignore it or whether they're completely and totally ignorant of the law. Just because citizens are ignorant of the Constitution and the supreme law of the land doesn't mean it is unenforceable and it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You see, 
our founders were moral men. Our founders understood that we had the opportunity, the rare opportunity on planet Earth to set up a nation that upheld individual rights first over those of the masses. That is why the United States of America is not and never has been for one single day a democracy. You say, oh, no, Paul, the, the, the people on the evening news say the word democracy all the time. And the, the our democracy and the democracy and da 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 and Democrats throw that out all the time. They're like a threat to our democracy. Just because someone says a lie a lot doesn't make it the truth. Now I know that there was a very famous Nazi propagandist who said, "Just keep saying a lie over and over again, and it becomes the truth." But in the really real world, it's not. Just because idiots on CNN or MSNBC or whatever, just because some talking head mongoloid says derp derp democracy, that doesn't make the United States of America a democracy. The reason that we're not a democracy is because our founders knew that all democracies eventually fail. And they fail because they devolve to mob rule. You see, what they figured out in the Greek city-states and what they figured out even in the Roman Republic when they had the Senate, the great Roman Senate and so forth, they figured out that as long as you bribed the people from the state coffers, as long as you promised people free stuff, bread and circuses or whatever, that you could sway the mob into your favor. And if you swayed the mob to your favor, then you had mob rule. And that is what all democracies always devolve to. Democracies always become mob rule. And the people at the top always figure out how to manipulate the masses to get their way. Our founders knew this. Our founders understood this. Our founders understood that democracy doesn't work. Looks great on paper, kind of like communism. Communism looks great on paper. Everything is fair. Everyone gets to share. No one has more than anyone else. Everyone shares in the labor of everyone else, but it doesn't work in practice. Countries keep trying it, but it doesn't work, and it never will work because you have humans involved. That is why we are not a democracy. Because our founders understood that democracies always fail and that democracies become mob rule and mob rule tramples individual liberty. It tramples free will. That is why a constitutional republic or a representative republic is first and foremost designed to ensure individual liberty and free will, as was the plan of God our Father for us, his children. We spent an entire episode, let me see, it was episode 26, just two episodes ago, talking about free will and how God loves liberty, and that's what he wants for us. I truly believe that in the 1700s, that God gave the United States of America to his people as a new promised land. 
he gave us a fresh nation, a, a nation with limitless possibilities. Everything that we could possibly need, he put right here in this country. Rivers and great fields and mountains with minerals in them and deserts and everything we would need. If you think about it, we have, you know, we have desert climates, we have temperate climates, we have tropical climates down there in Florida uh, and, well, some parts of Mississippi and Alabama and Georgia too. We have everything we need. We can grow our own food and cattle and so forth. We can mine for our own oil and coal. If we had to, everything we need is right here for us. This is the United States of America is the promised land. It's the new promised land for his people. And in that, for that governance of that promised land, we got a constitutional republic. We got a constitutional republic that was designed to uphold individual liberty and the rights of man. As we talked about in, in our civics lesson, the reason that the king, the president, the governor, can't just create law on their own is because our founders knew that you could not give the chief executive the authority to create law and enforce it. Because if the people enforcing the law can also create the law, you instantly have the recipe for tyranny. You have to separate those branches. Otherwise, you have men who can just decide from day to day, well, I'm enforcing the law. Oh, and guess what? I'm making up the law. That is not a representative republic. Now, I hope that you guys should understand that, a, that the word law, the word law is, is special. It's, it's something, the word law doesn't mean, L-A-W doesn't mean an opinion or a mandate or an order. No, the word law has something special because in order to become a law, that means that representatives of the people had to all publicly and openly debate whether or not that should become a law, whether or not that law jives with the Constitution because it has constitutional scrutiny. A lot of people have to go into you know buildings and debate a bill before it becomes a law because laws are how you control people, right? That is, people are controlled by laws. And as Christians, we're supposed to obey the law. But a mandate from an executive, a, an executive order, you guys understand that executive orders are not laws. Executive orders are orders that are used for the administration of the executive branch of government. If you do not work for the executive branch of government, guess what? Executive orders do not apply to you. If you are a citizen of a state and the chief executive of the United States issues, quote, an executive order, that's nice for them, but you don't work for them. And you, an executive order is not a law, a mandate. You say, well, my governor said that they are declaring a mandate Okay, that is nice for them. Congratulations to them. 
A mandate is not a law because a mandate did not go through the process, the legal process that is defined and set forth in both the United States and all state constitutions. There is not one state in the United States of America that says the governor has the authority to create law as they see fit. Nope, not one. Your governor has no authority to create law. Your governor can only order the enforcement of laws that were passed through the judicial or through the legal legislative process. And those laws have to jive with not only the supremacy clause of the United States Constitution, that whole Bill of Rights thing, but they also have to jive with the state constitution too. Now you say, yeah, but but people have, but Paul, I understand that, I get that, but people in America have been led to believe that mandates and executive orders are the same as laws, and they're enforceable like laws. That's nice. That's nice. You need to read a little thing called uh, The Deprivation of Rights Under Color of Law. You see, when I became a police officer, in the United States of America, when I became a police officer, I had to learn all about the United States Constitution, and I was going to be a police officer in Ohio, so I had to learn all about the Ohio Constitution as well. And one of the things that we were warned about, or one of the things that we were instructed, was that when we went out amongst the public, that we needed to make sure, make absolutely sure, that all of our actions and behaviors followed the United States Constitution and the state constitution. Because we were reminded that if we, under color of law, if we used our badges and our authority to deprive people of their rights, that that in itself was a crime and that we could be charged with a crime that we as law enforcement officers could be charged with the deprivation of rights under color of law. You see, in the United States of America, we wanted to make sure that those who are working for the executive branch, that's the law enforcement, that those who work for the executive branch did not use their badges, their uniforms, their authority to deprive the citizenry of their constitutional rights. Because if you allow people in uniforms with badges to just arbitrarily deprive the citizens of their rights, that, ladies and gentlemen, is a recipe for tyranny. And what I put in the show notes for you guys, if, if you care to look it up, is the actual statute for deprivation of rights under color of law. God calls upon us to be lawful, and faithful people. But at the same time, we also need to be educated people. We need to be smart. We need to know what the law is. How can you be a follower of the law if you don't even know what the law is? You say, well, the law is whatever whatever the governor says it is today. If the governor comes out and stands in front of the podium and says, I hereby declare that everyone has to stay in their house and wear purple shirts, and if they don't, I'm going to arrest them and throw them in prison. You say, is that really the law? or And does the governor actually have the authority to do that? 
Yes, God's people are supposed to be lawful people. And God's people are supposed to be educated people. And as we've ta- talked about before, you cannot serve two masters. Your responsibility is to God first. God expects that the leaders of men are supposed to be, it's like, uh, it was either Peter or Paul, I, forgive me. The leaders of men are supposed to be God's representatives here on earth. What happens when the leaders of men instead, like in Isaiah, enact evil statutes and rob the poor of my people of their rights? When the leaders enact evil statutes and rob the people of their rights, are they representatives of God or are they representatives of Satan? Are they disciples of Satan? All right, ladies and gentlemen, what I've done for you is I've actually put in the show notes If you'd like to familiarize yourself, I actually put a link in for the deprivation of rights under color of law. I guess to make a long story just a little bit longer, people like to throw things in our faces as Christians and say, you know, the the minions of Satan like to say, oh, render under Caesar there, Christian. You have to do everything the state says whenever it says to. Most often, however... When they say that, the people who are telling you to render under Caesar are actually violating their own laws. They're actually violating the laws which our Constitution upholds. They're actually creating statutes themselves, mandates and executive orders and so forth that are not laws. So you see, it is them who are actually violating the laws of the United States of America, not just the laws of God. I'm going to go ahead and close it out, as I always do, for you guys with the warrior's prayer. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details